0: Hello and welcome to That Film's Jew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Top Gun Maverick. Directed by Joseph Kosinski. Top Gun Maverick is the action drama
1: film starring Tom Cruise. The movie is out now, but if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our review. We will be talking spoilers.
0: Written by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer and Christopher McQuarrie, From a story by Peter Craig and Justin Marks, Top Gun Maverick is the sequel to Top Gun. Jason, you have the plot.
1: After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell, played once again by Tom Cruise, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialised mission, Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Rooster Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller, the son of Maverick's late friend and radar intercept officer, Lieutenant Nick Goose Bradshaw.
0: 36 years. That's how much time has passed between the first film and the sequel, making it one of the longest gaps In movie history,
1: I mean, dare we say, like, one of the fears, you know, like with this movie, it was that I had, it was sort of like, is this sequel just too late? Is it, has it been too long? And having now watched the movie, no, honestly, not. And, and I think actually the, the time, like the, the, the big gap in time is actually a benefit of it, um, just in terms of what the movie uh, gives us in terms of story, character. I mean, there is a little bit of like, okay, we have to just accept this character does what he does and makes these choices in his life. But you know what? You, uh, you get into it, you buy it, you're back. Tom Cruise he sells it and here we are, a Top Gun sequel.
0: I remember when it was to- Talked about it had been talked about for so many years, and I watched and enjoyed that first movie, but I didn't necessarily need a sequel. And they announced it, or they talked about it for a long time. And the announcement was actually happening, and I was still questioning who needs a sequel to Top Gun. That first trailer, the first trailer got me. You just heard that Top Gun theme. And I'm like, you know what, I really want to see this. And then we're hearing about the approach to filmmaking not being overly reliant on CGI, using as very little CGI as possible. And it just seemed very appealing. And yeah, I just thought it was worth noting, 36 years between that first movie and the second movie. And this film is doing so well at the box office. Not only... Is it climbing the box office? But the first movie has also soared to the top of the US streaming charts. And this is the movie that's streaming most places. Like Binge has got it, maybe Netflix. Like it is available, but people are still renting it. And yeah, it's, it's good to see that people are going back and either rewatching that first one or discovering it for the first time. But Tom Cruise he's having a moment isn't he
1: i mean i mean yeah look i mean people people say what they want about the guy and and yeah look he's 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 a bit of a nut he's a bit of a nut but hey look he's good at what he does and the passion that he puts into his projects whether it's something like this or you know what we've seen him do with you know mission impossible um and i think that there's great parallels and, and comparisons to have with that franchise um and this Top Gun film, you know, like like you mentioned, the uh the the choice to not be over reliant on CGI, do as much practical stuff as we as they can, really like what they're filming is real, you know, and it, all the, the stunts, you know, it's like get your actors to do your stunts when they can, if possible. And Tom Cruise is, you know, an advocate for being like, I'll do it. I'll do it if I can. If we can do it safely enough, I will learn, and I'll I'll get the craft under my belt, and and I'll do it. And he's in the cockpit, literally. He's in the cockpit. He's 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 doing it. It's it's madness. He is a true like movie star, which we don't see much of anymore. Um,
0: no, maybe yeah. maybe the last. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the, last. the last. There's <laughs> only one. There's only one Tom Cruise. I can't think of another example. And, you know, you were saying, it's fair what you said. You no, know, people do have opinions about Tom Cruise. But what I found, though, less and less people have those opinions. <laughs> it's good. been so many years since he jumped on Oprah's couch. Like, that was so long ago. <laughs> like, but, you know, whether it's the Mission Impossible films or just his approach to filmmaking in general. Like a lot of people get behind him because of that. He's somebody that does still have that name value, where you'll watch a film because he's in it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, feel, I, I mean the the, it sounds very positive what you're saying. Um, but I still feel like the, it is a bit of like you either love or hate him. That's the thing, and I mean I'm not going to sit here and say I love him, but. There is something appealing about, you know, like a, a new Tom Cruise movie where it's like, look, you know, he's going to get on a motorbike at some point. He's going to do a bit of running. He's probably going to jump some sort of
0: great height. He's going to he, do a lot of running.
1: <laughs> and, so uh, much running. <laughs> and you know what? That happens in this movie. That happens in this. Um, a lot. But, yeah. So, I mean, that ticks all the boxes uh, for, for that, I guess, which <laughs> is amazing. But, I mean, again, like Top Gun is one of those movies where, whether you call it as like a definitive, you know, classic Tom Cruise movie, or it's just one of those movies that I think for a lot of people, not so much myself. So I'm not going to categorize myself in this. Um, in this, but I know for a lot of people, like Top Gun was that movie. You know, whether they watched it with their dads or, um, you know, it, it became just one of those movies that I think just was always frequently on always visited and i know it holds a special place in a lot of people's um sort of you know childhoods or 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 if you're a little bit older uh, you know growing up teens 20s 30s whatever it was when, when when the movie came out and i think the fact that there's a new one after all this time and you know what people are calling it possibly better than the first which is a triumph in itself and I think the box office is also I mean obviously inflation and stuff aside but I think the box office is also pointing at that kind of um trajectory which is which is good to see
0: well it's and it's and it's still going it is still going it's only been out what two weeks at this point yeah, I mean, this is a maybe late, a week, week and a
1: half. late review for us, but um, yeah, so we don't often get to see sort of the box office climbing, but it's it's doing its thing and it's got legs. Um, interesting thing about like Tom Cruise movies, they're not usually front end heavy as you know the big blockbusters are. You know, like your MCU movies, your your Star Wars, you know, the big IPs, but these movies do make money, just over time, and I think this is one that's going to... They do. They this is one
0: that's going to be one of those. What's worth noting, though, in the US, opening weekend, Memorial Day, which is a big day in the US. that so You'd imagine that it would get a big opening being released at that time, but the rest of the world, though, and, and you're right, normally, outside of the Mission Impossible films, it wouldn't necessarily open big people go to his movies still but yeah but out the gate this one has been doing really well
1: yeah apparently like i think it is like the biggest memorial day weekend opening or something which is which is something dare we you know remind everyone post pandemic
0: (laughs) um
1: it's great to see it's
0: fantastic There's just there's something i mean top gun like so we've touched on it like it wasn't a movie that I repeatedly went to over the years, but always watched it and enjoyed it and Yes, it's always been one of his big films like his name is up there, he's on the poster but there's there's something like, I wasn't quite sure what we're gonna get with with the sequel because it's i mean that first movie. You know, it's you've got the love interest, you've got the training, and it's fairly safe. Like this movie, they're fighting an enemy. So I was starting to think, like, are we going to end up having some genuine stakes? And there's a moment in the film, and it happens later on, and you realise this is a safe film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when, when we're talking stakes... It got to a point in the film, and I realised this film is a safe place. You've got the action, great action, and the, you know, with the planes and all of that. And you've got Jennifer Connolly as a love interest. And you've got Maverick smiling a hell of a lot. And it just <laughs> felt safe, but not in a bad way. Like, just, do you know what I mean? So, it, so when, is, when we're talking about this film and I mean, it's like critics, audiences are speaking so highly of this film but it feels like the type of film that doesn't necessarily get made anymore. It doesn't quite feel like an 80s film made today, but it's this big, expensive movie and there's action and humour and drama and all of that, but there's... Comfort to be had, where it just it felt safe.
1: It has an eighties movie uh, kind of sensibility. Like there were bits in in this movie, uh, especially a lot in like the a uh, few of the final scenes. You know, as the movie was wrapping up, and I was like, like, oh man, I'm getting like like you know cheesy, corny, but like at the same time, I'm like. I'm all for it. Like you know, it has this feel of like, yeah, this is just like, like he gets the girl, they save the day, you know, mission complete. Um, you know, like no loss of life. Every safe is is
0: a perfect way of describing it. Like it seems like that's what that's what I'm saying. But I don't, happy, so I don't conflict mean conflict
1: is resolved. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. I don't mean it in a a bad way. I really enjoyed it, but what I'm trying to say is I think that is why it sticks out from a lot of other big movies that we get to see because, you know, there's, like, like bigger consequences. And if you're looking at, you know, the MCU, there's always bigger consequences. This is happening now. This is happening, and everybody's serious at times. (laughs) Whereas this movie, you've got, you know, Tom Cruise cockpit of a plane having a great time he's riding his motorbike he's having a great time he's getting thrown out of a bar like it's just it look it's a fun film and i think that is why it's going down so well with audiences
1: i mean even even on that though like you know like the when they are like conducting the actual mission, like they, you know, the the bulk of this movie is the training, the preparation, that can we do it? Is this impossible? And then when they finally get it, you know, they they're doing it. I'm gonna say I was on the edge of my seat. Like, I mean, I didn't know, you know, like could they kill the Maverick character? You know? Is is Miles Teller gonna be a short-lived, you know, is this gonna be a a bit of a you know, a history repeating itself, kind of a tragedy. Um, number one, like because it was so cool, and it it was, it felt so real. It sounded great. I was there. I was there in the cockpit, feeling every yeah every like I felt bit it. of like you know the fighter jets doing their thing. Like the whole sequence of them conducting that that mission, like edge of my seat. Just just like. Didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, oh, man, um, this is tense. Like, this is tense. At any minute, any one of them could have gotten shot, like shot down or, you know, they, they fly too hard. I don't know. It's, there it was too much. There's there's a lot going on.
0: But then. Yeah. And, and, I'm, I'm, and with still I'm with they're you. I'm with you. I was. Thrills. Yeah.
1: But it is, Absolutely. Um,
0: and I was gripped as well. Well, let's talk about the moment then. Maverick gets shot down. Rooster goes back for him. Them two together, for me, that was the moment. This is a safe film. <laughs> and we're talking about stakes. Obviously, in the first movie, his dad died. Hmm. Goose died in that first film, and which weighs heavily on this film. But when they were together, fighting again, the enemy, we're not talking about any country in particular. You never see the enemy's face. They might as well have been fighting the Empire. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was very much was good
0: versus non evil person or evil yeah, it people. Was, it was a the movie was like, was not okay, cool.
1: Any sort of political stance or or bias, yeah. Which was-, was
0: smart. Like which was it. It was smart, but again, yeah. I don't keep saying it's safe, but I felt safe watching it. But yes, there was stakes, and it really was an impossible mission that they had to go on, and yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. I mean, we watched it together and. You know there were quite a few people in the screening, and you could hear the audiences react in the way the movie wanted them to react. When I it was that, tense, when it was funny.
1: I found that we were laughing almost at the exact same things. Which I mean, I mean, we don't normally see a, we don't see a lot of movies that, like together, um, but when we do, it's obviously. Uh, an experience (laughs) but i just found i was like i kept noting like every time i laughed, i was like you were laughing as well and i was like oh man like this movie is yeah it just had a control over the audience like like you said like it just knew all the beats were landing where they needed to land it wasn't like ah sometimes it didn't work for everyone it was like yeah it it seemed to or at least for me and you anyway it was it was hitting the right beats at the right time It's
0: it's broad They've made a broad film like that can be enjoyed by a wide audience. You know, we should say as well, the comparisons, you know, and this is a sequel to a movie that came out in the 80s and something that films in 80s, 90s, early noughties had, which doesn't really happen anymore. And I do miss it, I've got to be honest. A song, <laughs> a song that is written specifically for the film by a pop star and we get it here. Lady Gaga, she has the song "Hold My Hand" and the music. I mean, the music is incredible, just like that first trailer and the opening of this movie. You get the Paramount logo and it hits you straight away. I mean, the the it hits opening you with that that theme.
1: Yeah, and they were they were pretty reserved with when they did use it. It wasn't like it was just constantly.
0: Well, they teased it, and then it cuts, and then it was just about to because. Like the Top Gun theme, it's a slow build, and it was building and building and building. As soon as you saw that Paramount logo, from that point, and then just as it was going to get to that next part, it cuts to Danger Zone. It doesn't give it to you. Mm. It's not until you with Tom Cruise later on in his Maverick and he's doing his thing that they fully lean into the Top Gun thing by Harold Faltermeyer. Excellent.
1: But I gotta say, like when they the did music. cut to when they did yeah. cut to Danger Zone, though, it was sort of like, "Yep, I'm all for this." <laughs> like, I mean, the opening scene, including the credits, is uh, pretty much the same. Like they've recreated the like the first movie in there, and I was like, eh, you know, clever touch." All right, I like yeah. it. They just the the music, you know, as it transitioned into you know Danger Zone, it was just like, "Yes, like don't hold back. Let's just get into this right now." And then yeah, obviously we save the actual. You score for for a little bit later but that was
0: it do it later do it later on upon first hearing it because i'd not heard the lady gaga song until the end credits all the songs hit so hard i thought they were excellent <laughs> like when we're in the bar and we've got david bowie let's dance when we first see jennifer connelly which is cool because she was in labyrinth with David Bowie, thought that oh, was, that was a nice touch. It didn't
1: even make that connection, but that's very cool, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I did like a lot of cool. Look, there she is, and we can hear him, and so and oh, the music. That the whole thing was just brilliant. Great Balls of Fire with Miles Teller on the piano, and then first hearing the Lady Gaga song. I was like, ah. Oh, that was like the first song in the film. Of, oh, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, sometimes when you're hearing something for the first time, I've since gone back and listened to the album um, on Spotify. And, yeah, no, I like it. I do now. now I like it. But at first, it just stuck out from all the other songs. I mean, but the, the music. That, and, songs, oh, that Lady Gaga song has been on so the radio
1: right. constantly for like the past couple of weeks. I mean, I've, I've got to be guitar, honest.
0: I do but... not listen <laughs> to the radio. Not very a, often
1: you're a better um at work. I just it's out of my control, <laughs>
0: but you're a better man for it. Well, let's talk about Tom Cruise some more. Here yeah. he is, 36 years later, and yeah, same guy, isn't it? Doesn't look too different. The opening of the movie, it gets out that classic jacket, he's still got it, he's on the motorbike. Tom Cruise looks like Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he's he's still. I mean, I mean, yeah. Look, when you when you when you see the you know him side by side, he you know like when you're looking at a photo in this movie of you know him from from a it was 80, 80, 86, 86 I keep getting the year. Um, Eighty six. Yeah. It's like I mean, of course, strikingly, it's like he is a he's a little guy there. He's so young, so youthful. So of course, he's aged, but he's done it like a fine wine. He's uh
0: He's a lucky man. <laughs> He's a lucky guy. It really, it really throws me when characters refer to him as Pete. He looks more like a maverick. Like when they say, "Hey, Pete." <laughs> I did, To be honest, I just
1: I couldn't remember his characters, like the characters' actual name from the movie. You know, I was going to do a rewatch of the first of the first one, but it's been a few years. So I was like, I you know, the first
0: one. It was Pete. it's, like- it's quite short. <laughs> The first movie, it's only like an hour forty, an hour forty five. It's quite a short film, really, but everything that they pack into it. But yeah, full name, Captain Pete Mitchell.
1: But I mean, like his character in this movie, like many years later, and the thing I I stated earlier, like the thing that you kind of have to just buy that this character would do this, and I guess Tom Cruise sells it, is the fact that it's like he has refused to, to, to you know, further rank up. So, and I'm like, okay, would he do that? And I'm like, I guess it kind of makes sense. The story and Comfrey's is selling it enough that I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. I, I think it is a little bit silly, but for the sake of this movie to happen and-
0: I mean, not uh, no, no, not, not really, not really. I mean, how many times has Captain- Kirk changed bank. I know he's a made-up <laughs> character as well, but yeah. it happens. Kirk was Kirk was admiral. He went back down to captain because he wanted. Don't get captain me wrong. There are, it's
1: it's not a it's not like a, a complete unbelievable thing. It's just sort of like all right, I'm I'm willing to just sort of go along with it's it just for the part. sake of his character. It, it does feel well, you his have to
0: because
1: it, it does. It is big, and it's the only way he can do it. So yeah, I'm like, exactly, right, I'll, exactly, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: go with it, and it's a big part of the story. That's it. It's the whole thing. Like, you know, straight away he's like, yeah, sure, I'll go up there. And then you've got John Hamm's character that's like, no, that's not what you're here for. You're not going up. You're going to train the new young recruits. That one scene we get of Iceman and Maverick back together, because we have been seeing them communicate. Val Kilmer is back in this film, and he's the one that says to him, it's time to let go. Yeah. So you need Maverick to have not let go all those years <laughs> <laughs> for that moment. It was so great seeing Val Kilmer back on the big screen. I honestly cannot remember the last film that I would have seen. I, honestly, I can of him at the cinema. I can't remember. It's been Jane, so long.
1: Jay and Silent Bob. Which one? The uh, the the reboot. The reboot. He was.
0: I didn't he... see. I didn't. I didn't get. To see at the cinema. Oh, so there we go, that was yeah. my fault. Oh, okay, but okay. I didn't see. But Valkymer was. I didn't get. To...
1: Ah. remember he was the. Was Did he not get to see Val Kilmer. Wasn't he playing himself as um, the actor playing Bluntman?
0: Yeah, that's right. But yeah. again,
1: but anyway, I didn't see the <laughs> cinema. But you're right. It's, it's been a. Um... It's been a while. But I mean, even despite his, I mean, they, they, uh, obviously they've they've written around Val Kilmer's health um the current circumstances um and that aside and you know he actually you know he does actually have issues with his um you know his vocals his his speech all that kind of stuff but they they managed to do something quite you know uh, emotive with his character that scene um and again they emotive but they kept it light and at the end i really liked you know it was sort of like just one last question like who's the better pilot? It's like don't ruin a good moment. Like I it, it, just a nice. I like that. It's just like they've come a long way. Yeah, and you can tell that it's like they've obviously it was
0: handled. Yeah, yeah.
1: but they've had decades of it was
0: handled beautifully. Friendship because because yeah, they, I mean they had to write it into the story to include mm-hmm. Iceman. I am so glad. That they that they did, and I didn't expect him to talk at all because it was years ago that he was uh, well. He's been battling throat cancer for years, and I've seen that documentary Val, which is amazing. He'd pretty much just shot everything from his childhood through his career, and he got put together in a fantastic documentary. And when you hear him talking towards the end of his scene in this film, it's AI. That is dubbed over is it actually? his actual performance. That's oh, what. Wow. That's how they did it. Yeah, with with working with him, and you know whether it's like using old footage, but but the audio they had that they got it as best they could to sound like Val Kilmer does or did. You know, get the right inflections. But that's how they did it. Again, that you know, really putting the work in to have that character featured and to have Val Kilmer come back. I'm really glad that he's in the film. Uh,
1: it, was, it was a nice scene and it it, it gave, it gave, um, you know, Maverick that, I guess, push and drive and, and almost like gave him the answer in terms of like, cause he was at a point where he's like, I don't know what to do with these, with these new recruits. I don't know what to do with them. Um, and it, yeah, it, it sort of gave him that, that push. I feel like, because we had that with Val Kilmer, Jennifer Connolly's character, even though, bless her, like, love seeing her on screen, love seeing her in this movie. I, f- besides her being a love interest or the love interest, I don't feel like there was actually really a need for her character. There were some scenes where she was kind of like, you know, giving him a sort of nudge in the right direction, but I feel like just that scene with uh with iceman coming back sort of filled that role i found that jennifer connolly's character was kind of pointless like plucker from this movie i feel like we get the same we get the same beats and we get the same uh, trajectory of story
0: yeah but it is but it's also about the character and the and the movie's called maverick like it's about him and yes he saves today but at the same time like Him letting go isn't just being, you know, a young hotshot anymore. It's also just moving on, like from his role that he's had all these years, but also with his life. Like he's never really had anybody. And the interesting thing with her character, she was actually referenced in that first movie. So kind of an old character coming back. (laughs) Not really. She was. She was mentioned, but yes, yeah, so, that, so that's what she is. So it's it's showing work life, home life, so, and it all leads to happily ever after at the end. So they could put that big bow yeah. on the movie. Where
1: I get my little, I, yeah, where I get my nice moment of I, like, man, this is corny, but I love it. Yes, okay,
0: fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked I liked her in it. Yeah, she um, she was good, but those arguments can be made, and you have made them well over the years you know, a certain character can be removed from a certain film and you get the same result. But, no, I th- think she has to be in here. No, I, th- I think she's good. She's not as, as crucial as Iceman, I, I but think, she's she plays a part.
1: I think the issue is not the fact that she's in this movie and the character exists and, you know, like, you know, like she's a love interest for our main character and it, it obviously it means something bigger. It's just... There's a lot of screen time devoted to them, where nothing really is progressing that much, and then almost like it was just because it was written in the script, they remove her character. You know, they send her literally send her out on a boat, a boat trip, um, just because they're like, okay, we don't really need her right now, which is truth. <laughs> like that's what happens in the movie. She's they, the character.
0: She's the one that says, Iceman has gone. He can't save you anymore. You need to do this yourself. And that's when he goes up in the plane by himself against orders again and shows them that it can be done, and he's the one to lead them. That was her. Maverick had given up. Leave her alone. She plays a part. (laughs) Okay, fair,
1: fair, (laughs) fair point.
0: John Ham as well, like he plays a dick in the best way. Right, but he-, he is really good in this. It's John really is a good enjoyable because, like, we're, wa- <laughs> <laughs> we're watching this for Tom Cruise's Maverick and we're cheering Maverick all the way. So, to have somebody like this who's completely unimpressed by Maverick at every turn was really enjoyable. I thought, Ham. Did an excellent job in this.
1: I just all those scenes where it's like he's, it's sort of like he's just being shown up. It was like the the scene on the beach when they're all you know they're kicking the footy around and stuff like that, and it's like he told me to build a team, and it's like this is your team. Like I look at him go, and it's sort of just like he sees. You know, all he can do is just turn around and go, "God damn it!" <laughs> like like he showed me. Okay, like, yeah. I mean
0: now. Now you've got us here, we need to talk about the beach scene. First movie, famous for the volleyball scene. This time, it's football on the beach. And what's really good about that scene? One, it's a nice callback to that first film, a scene that everybody remembers. Mm. But two, as you just pointed out there, a great story point. There, there is an actual purpose for and, the hey, first look, time it's see them come together
1: i mean i'm just gonna say it's it's a lot less homoerotic this time around um which you know it's it's i mean it was fine how much movie. less i don't know <laughs> i mean the fact that there's a, a, female a great scene recruit it, in there does help that does,
0: that does <laughs> play a good part right it's it's team, it's team building. Damn yeah, straight. You know what I read today, and um, you know, Glenn Powell, we'll talk more about him in a moment because he was great as well. Like you've got you know, Ham's character really not impressed by Maverick, and then you've got Glenn Powell and him just not getting along with Rooster at all. But let's talk more about the beach scene because I read an interview with Powell, and essentially they've been training for that scene on the beach. They shot it straight after they went and got milkshakes, junk food, and just let themselves go. Tom Cruise contacts them. He's seen the footage. He, think the, he thinks that they can do it better. So, therefore, they need to do the whole thing again back to the gym. That's how important the beach scene <laughs> is to Top Gun. I thought they story had to was go back go. to the gym.
1: I thought that story was going to go like it was just so real and authentic that it was perfect. I no, but, do, oh, it okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> do it again. Okay, damn. Do it again.
0: I mean, you know, Cruise is not, I mean, I've not seen the original footage. I've only seen what you've seen in the movie, but um, if that's what they got the second time around and it's better, then yeah, okay. yeah great. But for okay. the actors, um, they they thought they'd done it, so they were just chilling out with with milkshakes.
1: But yeah, Glenn, um, Glenn Powell's hangman character, like he is, I mean, like he's the, he is that typical sort of douchey cocky kind of guy. You just want to punch in the face, but he plays it well. Um, and again, you know, we're talking about like how corny and cheesy, um, and there's some bits where it's like, you know, like we can get a little bit predictable, you know that he was going to come and save the day at the end when, you know, it seemed like the odds were stacked against him. And that's what happens, that's what his character does. Um, and just like in that first film, yep. you know, like even though we've got rivalries and, you know, like these, these, um, uh, you know, big, you know, these dudes at odds, at the end, it's sort of like, you know, like they're, they're brothers, they're, they're family, they're, you know, their mates. You know and it's it's a it's a shake of hands it's a hug at the end of the movie when all, all is said and done and it's like you know when it's like we'll, we'll get to rooster but it's like when rooster's chosen to to go up there it's like hangman is well i don't know if he's the first but you know we see him go up to him and be like you know give him help like so it's like all rivalry aside it's like yeah they are a team and yeah. to piggybacking off the you know the then becoming a team very important beach scene it's all you know it's all that kind of exactly unwholesome yeah. you know yeah camaraderie stuff which is great to great to see and get sucked up in
0: and you're right the parallels to that first film maverick and ice man and then it ends with ice man you could be my wingman anytime <laughs> yeah. and then we get it you know the parallels with with this film i mean we were told many many times hangman got his call sign because he will always hang you out to dry he will always put himself first and he won't be there for anybody else so we're told that so when he's the one to save them at the end you're like yeah i might have seen that coming it's safe it's <laughs> nice wasn't a, wasn't it's a surprise, yeah
1: <laughs> but it's fun it's but fun it's fun predictable safe but it's fun
0: Oh, you know, this movie opened with a grizzled Ed Harris. How great was that? And you know, he's got that, it's on the ground, it gets there too late, or it was early, but late for Mavericks. He'd already gone up on the plane. And he just stood there. And that scene when the, the plane shoots right over the top of him, you've got all the sand and dirt that flies into the air. And you also see the hut or the building beside him, the roof lifts. Was it intentional? They had one take with that plane, and that's the one that was in the movie.
1: But I think I that love was it. the... one watched this movie, and obviously knowing that it was like, look, they're going for as much real stuff as possible. That was the first shot in this film, and I was like, okay, was that real? Because yeah, because if that was real, goddamn Like,
0: and I was like, and then I it was, in the how did you not? I was like, how did they? Do how the did you not <laughs> fall over?
1: <laughs> Again, it's yeah. when the <laughs>
0: roof wasn't supposed to move. <laughs>
1: Ah oh, man, it's it's just like if I was Ed Harris say the... <laughs> I would have
0: flinched, I would have flinched. <laughs> yeah, but I mean he's Ed Harris, isn't he? You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a lot of making flinch. The the ah oh, man, the footage in the air, and that was but that was the appeal. It wasn't just the music and Tom Cruise, it was getting to see those scenes of the planes in the air. And there's times where it feels a little bit like guerrilla filmmaking. And, you know, that's because, you know, you've already said, like, you know, actors filming themselves, the director who was on the ground, and he had to wait and play the footage back. If they could use it, they could. If not, the the actors have to go back up. And each time they went up, it was a couple of hours. So everybody is, like, trying to do a little bit by themselves, and then they, they cut it all together. But because of that, and I guess the knowledge that you have knowing that's how they've done it. But when you see it in this big, expensive movie, because it doesn't always look as polished, it just makes it so much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they, they stuck freaking cameras on planes <laughs> like, and then they made a movie. Like that's what we're getting yeah. here. And how do you make that look real? Well, they just did it. Like, and yeah, you just like CGI is fantastic. You know when it's when it's used right, and um, you know it's not abused. I'm always a an advocate for practical where possible, or at least you know a blend of of the two. And you know CGI is used a lot more than we think it actually really is. And in, in a lot of times, best used when you can't tell it's there. But I mean, you just can't. Yeah, yeah you can't get past what they're putting on screen and how it feels like you can't recreate that with with cgi it's yeah and again like watching this on the bigger screen with the best sound system that you can you know buy a ticket for it adds to the experience and that's i'll be honest that's the that's the reason i wanted to watch this in the movies because i I probably could have passed and been like i'll wait i'll wait till it's streaming or, or something yeah maybe i'll Watch it on Blu-ray or, or whatever. To try and get the best quality, but it was it was the the people were saying, and I guess that adds to the you know the box office ticking along. It, it's like this looks and sounds fantastic. Going and it was
0: it was you there. Really it, it was worth yeah. it for those and word of mouth, yeah, word of mouth as well.
1: All of the plane stuff, all of the the fighter jets doing things, and just them. You're seeing these actors in the cockpits, like in the sky, like it, it's mental. It's mental.
0: Well, Tom Cruise's involvement in this film was predicated on the condition that real aircraft be used in real aerial sequences, not CGI. If it was going to be CGI, he wasn't interested. So having him as the star, a producer, they made the film how they want to make it. According to Miles Teller, three of the six new actors threw up every day of filming the Jets <laughs>
1: Well, they had to have a lot of um. They had to actually do training to make sure they could handle like the, like the G-force, um,
0: you know situations. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but um, on the first film, Anthony Edwards, who played Ghosts, he was the only actor not to throw up. <laughs> All the other actors did, including Cruise. He was the only one.
1: There you go.
0: Well, actually, Miles Teller, right, the director had Miles Teller in mind. I can't remember. He'd, he'd seen him in something. And he was the one that went to Cruise saying, hey, we've got this guy. The image that he showed Cruise, he drew a moustache on. <laughs> so I guess they always knew that Rooster, like his dad, had to have a moustache. We've not talked about the director. It's Joseph Koninsky. I think he directed Oblivion. With Cruz, and Ooh. I'm pretty sure he did Tron Legacy as well.
1: Oh, both were not that great. Um, but,
0: but oh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tron Legacy, that is yeah. great. So disappointed, Disney. Make another one. But yes, it was, it was okay. It Rooster, was okay. mustache.
1: I feel like we haven't talked about Daft Rooster Punk. that much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Tron Legacy, the soundtrack, I think, did a lot of the heavy lifting of that film for me. Phenomenal. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes, let's go do back to then. my old seller.
1: <laughs> um, you're right, look, the whole time, and I got used to it, but the whole time I was just like, do we really need the moustache? Like, we get it. It's his son. You could just, just tell us that. It's fine. It's all good. I'll buy it. <laughs> the moustache might have been a bit overkill, but...
0: <laughs> Disagree. I mean, as you know, I had a moustache for the screening. A moustache is just... Essential. You also have
1: you also had, you like, the, have like the it. beads double and stuff, so the mustache doesn't look as uh it doesn't stand out. It's like you know, he okay, just, Miles Teller, just, he had
0: a more <laughs> prominent mustache. It's a good look for that character. You know what? I did read as well when that first Top Gun film came out, Miles Teller wasn't even born. So there you go. <laughs> Although we do see his character in flashbacks, but the actor, so he's obviously.
1: He's obviously a little bit old. He's playing a little bit older than he is then. <laughs> I would say. I well, guess. he'd have
0: to be, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, that's <all> right. That's... <laughs> if he'd be alive, he'd not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been born. But I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. This guy, you know, he, I thought it was really good in this film. He's got moments of self-doubt. I mean, what we see in archive footage actors from the previous films. We see Anthony Edwards. We see Meg Ryan, who played his mom. So we know what he's going through and what we hear in the film. Because initially I thought it would have been Maverick's guilt, even though he wasn't responsible for what happened to his dad, but guilt because, you know, Goose was Mm. his best friend. It was an accident. And I thought that was the the grudge, the resentment that Goose was having towards Maverick. But we find out that he purposely didn't pass him. He's setting back years in his career, but it was his mum that requested that Maverick not let him go forward with his career because she was worried the same thing had happened to him that happened to his dad. And Maverick is keeping that to himself, so that's something else that he's carrying around with him. But when we do get, we get the moment, and I know it's at the end. But we get the moment where. Maverick goes down, Rooster goes back for him, he saves him, Maverick's annoyed, like, what are you doing down here? You're supposed to be up there, back on the ship. And then that moment when you're saying everything's getting wrapped up, it's getting a big bow on it. I was told by grown men that make sure you take tissues when watching this movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm watching it, that last moment, one moment because my wife even asked me when I got back from the screening did you cry I'm like I felt myself going and it was only once and it was the moment right at the end when Maverick says to Rooster thanks for saving my life and he says it's what my dad would have done that got me that was the moment for me <laughs> it was it was everything was building and obviously the tension between those two and then it was softening but just that callback to his dad is like, yeah, that is absolutely something that Goose would have done. Yeah, that moment really got me. Oh, I, I, I wish I felt that. Um, <laughs> that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Look, like I
1: said, like it's a motive, but to me, it did play, and again, not in a bad way, it played corny. I, i'm glad that people are having that reaction to that line and i guess there is there is a you know there is a strong meaning behind it but to me it played corny cheesy again i ate it up i was like "Yeah, i'm I'm all for this but it, it, it did read as a just as a corny line for me i i felt i did not feel bad at
0: all <laughs> But what you're wow. describing, corny, cheesing, is everything that a sequel to Top Gun should be.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, what do you right? want? Again, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying because I felt those, the, you know, at the end when, you know, everyone's hugging and it's like, thanks to save my life. It's all my day. It's like, I was like, oh, man, this, yeah, like this is cheesy. Again, not a bad thing. I just didn't then feel that rush of emotion or like, you know, like the... I don't know. But again, like, there's no nostalgia there for me. There's, I don't know. I, just... It's it's not a bad thing. It's not the movie's fault. It's just how I felt or didn't feel, I guess. But I'm glad you almost shed a tear, you grown-ass man.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it it did. Obviously, you know, films affects people in, in different ways. Oh, cool. and, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess we've all got triggers. And yeah, no, absolutely... It absolutely got me, yeah. So there you go. I'm one of those people that got affected <laughs> by the cheesy cheesy dialogue.
1: But that's that's amazing. Like, just embrace that, enjoy it. It's it's wonderful. Um, I was worried that you know, as as the you know, as we as we met the rooster character, and then there's obvious um, conflict between Maverick and Rooster. I was like, I was thinking, to myself, I was like, um with everything going on and how cool this movie could be, like, do I really need this drama between them? Like, ah, is it going to be a bit hammy, you know, like, or heavy, heavy heavy-handed, I should say. But I found that, no, it worked. And because of what the revelation was and the meaning behind it, and and I, I really did like, you know, like, the reveal of that it was like, I don't, like... He's resented me the whole time for holding him back. I don't want him feeling that way about his, you know, his late mother. Uh, That to me, I was like, that's a nice, like, that's a nice um, power behind the motivation there, which worked. So I found like that whole conflict sort of became something that really worked. I was worried about it, but it worked well. And um, yeah, again, all wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end of it as well.
0: Well, speaking about being wrapped up in a nice little bow, I think if we get to the rating, what would you give this film out of five?
1: I would say... What would I say? I think... I had a good time. I had a a really good time. I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie, but this is definitely worth watching on the big screen in the like I said biggest the biggest screen the best sound because of all of the like the flight sequences um and, and and stuff like that like like I said I was on the edge of my seat with all of that stuff that's going on it looked great it sounded great the cheesiness worked um in all its glory like it's not a deterrent um it does have those nine, like those 80s movies kind of sensibilities um And that's what made those movies great that you know that feeling you get just like it just yeah it it were and it does it calls back to that and i feel like they've done really well handling this this maverick character 36 years later something like making this movie is almost like an impossible mission but Okay, there's like two puns there, because I was trying to make a connection to this movie, but I realized I did something else. Um, but there's, like, this shouldn't really be that easy to do, or and I'm sure it wasn't easy, but it shouldn't really be done. I found that when you make a, a sequel this late in the game, it's sort of like, yeah, like, ah, they, they butchered it. But this isn't the case. Like, they've done something creative with the character in terms of, hey, how can we bring him back, have it still feel like the same character, not have too much growth have happened to him in the time that, we've, that we haven't seen him, but then also be able to develop and um, give him an arc in this, in this one film now. And they've done that. Again, cheesy, corny, but pretty pretty damn good fun at the same time. So I don't know if I gave a number, but four out of five. <laughs> I thought I was going to leave with the number, but I guess maybe I didn't. Whew, there we go.
0: For me, I'm going to base my rating on just enjoyment. Going to the movies, watching a film. How did I feel? So enjoyment, all of that. And I mentioned the Lady Gaga song at the end hearing it for the first time, end credits, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not too sure about this one. But since, you know, I've gone back and listened to it, that would have been the only thing start to finish watching that film. I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about that thing, which ended up not being a thing at all. I absolutely loved this film. Absolutely loved it. I'm going to come in with a five out of five. Holy Lord, man. It's like... That's More like, than that, I'd that. say it's it's my favorite film of the year so far.
1: All right. There we go.
0: Absolutely loved every minute. And for the reasons that we've talked about, like it was a really enjoyable experience. Yeah, you know, I was driving home, listening to the soundtrack in the car, and just really just like just feeling the energy. And I had a great time watching this film. it, it did everything that I'd want a big spectacle to do. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Cannot wait to watch it again. Perfect score. Five out of five. Now, as always, we like to close out on some trivia, and I kind of figured we'd be talking about trivial things about the movie, so I went back to 1986, (laughs) that first movie. From the very beginning, the filmmaker's wanted Tom Cruise for Maverick, he kept turning it down until Jerry Bruckheimer arranged for a ride-along with the Blue Angels. Cruise kept saying, I mean, this ended up being like a defining film for him. And obviously he went on to get more success after this film, but this was the film that really got him noticed. And he was turning him down. After he'd been up in the air, he vomited. They landed. <laughs> he ran to a payphone and accepted the role. And that just, and it's like, oh, he's always been Tom Cruise, hasn't he? Like, he's up there, he's yelling, he's spewing, and he's like, great, I will make this film. Also, though, Val Kilmer did not want to be in the film. What's going on? Like, you know, it ended up being career-defining roles for both of them. Kilmer, he was forced by contractual obligations. He had to do it. he was on the contract but then again it ended up being one of his most iconic roles so both Tom Cruise Val Kilmer didn't want to be in Top Gun
1: I just loved how that story um it's such an 80s story because it involved a payphone (laughs) 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 that was my that was my (laughs) takeaway
0: Well, that's it for our review of Top Gun Maverick. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we've recently reviewed chip and dale rescue rangers and Firestarter,
1: and holy lord keep an eye out for our next review jurassic world
0: dominion you've been listening to luke and jason the guys from that film stew see you soon